This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the DLU Podcast, brought to you by the Lead Network. I'm your host, Garrett T. Lewis, and I hope everyone's week is going well. Um, as for me, um, your um, very, very sad Patriots fan, the week is going pretty good, but man, oh man, I have to tell you, this past Sunday, watching the Patriots legitimately get obliterated by the Dallas Cowboys was probably the probably the worst loss that I've seen as a Patriots fan, and probably over 30, I guess you could say 30 years. Um, I know that when I became a Pats fan 30 years ago, you know, during the Drew Bledsoe era, Bill Parcells era and everything, I mean, obviously they had growing pains, but they were start, they were starting to build a culture, you know, as people call it the Patriot way. I, I say it all started back when Parcells was there. That's another story for another day. But I knew things were going to be a little bit different, you know, when Tom Brady decided to uh, – to go to Tampa Bay, and uh, I knew things were going to be different. And I knew that, you know, as attrition happens, as players, you know, leave, retire, you know, that all goes with them, you know what I mean? But it, it, but it's up to the current players to keep that culture alive. I have my feelings on why the team is struggling. It's mainly personnel-driven, I think, the way the modern NFL is now is you really need very, very talented skill players, especially at the wide receiver position. You know, in order to stretch the field, in order for you to have that threat, you know, you're going to need those players. Like, I really thought that we had DeAndre Hopkins in the bag when he was negotiating with other teams, and ultimately he ended up in Tennessee. I really don't hear much from him in regards to what he's doing um, and for, uh, well, hear about him. I don't, I don't know DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't really hear about what he's doing in Tennessee. It could have been a money thing of why he took that contract, but I think Mac Jones's life would be much, much easier if he would have had a DeAndre Hopkins type wide receiver to stress the field and to take the attention away because there he's literally running for his life out there. And I wish there was some way somehow that the Patriots. Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft can convince Dante Scarnecchia to come out of retirement yet again and help out with that offensive line because the offensive line is just 
I just, I've never, it's been a long time since we've been this just depleted in regards to just talent. You know what I mean? I just hope that, and as of this morning, you know, yesterday rather, I'm recording this on a Wednesday night right now, that um, Matthew Judon, um, one of our pass rushers, had bicep surgery. I'm, I don't foresee him coming back this year. He says he wants to come back. I mean, he's a warrior. You know, he's, you know, he's, the, he's one of the heart pieces of the heart and soul of the team, but I just can't see for that type of injury of a, of a, of a bicep tear. I just can't see that happening. Then of course our rookie cornerback, uh, Christian Gonzalez has a torn, is, is a torn labrum. So he, he was in line to be defensive rookie of the year because he was playing lights out this year. So that was a huge loss for us. But then I hear this morning the Patriots trade for J.C. Jackson, who left New England um, during the 2021 offseason to sign this huge contract with the L.A. Chargers, only for him not to really – he may have been a little disgruntled. And the Patriots were able to get a deal done. And I think the Chargers are going to pay the majority of the contract, which is good for us. Well, we don't have to, you know, waste that much cap space and um, bringing, you know, a really, really good cornerback, you know, back to the team. Hopefully that can light a spark. I know we have the New Orleans Saints this Sunday, and I'm hoping we can get back on track and, you know, get back to Patriot football the way we know it can be. And again, for any Patriot fan that's losing faith, don't lose the faith. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad. Heck, I'm upset about it, but, you know, hey. You know, we've been down before, and hopefully we can, like I said, get back to our winning ways. But I want to talk about, uh, you know, for this week's episode, it's just me. There's no interviews. Um, This is mainly wrestling-related. So even though if you're a music fan or anything of the sort and you don't want to listen to some wrestling, hey, listen to some wrestling because you you can be educated about a couple of things. I want to talk about two things. Number one, um, Adam Copeland. formerly known as Edge from the uh, WWE, debuted this past Sunday at AEW's Wrestle Dream out in Seattle. There had been rumblings for a while now, even before Edge's last match in August with Sheamus on SmackDown in Toronto. Um, there was rumblings even before then that Edge was um, looking to make a move to AEW. He had put some rumors to rest initially when he said that you know there is a contract waiting for him from WWE and his inbox, he just hasn't uh, he hasn't thought about anything yet at that point. And he, you know, I'm I'm not going to question that man's integrity. You know, he's entitled to do what he wants to do. He's a grown man. You know, I'm a grown man with a with a wife and uh, two ki- two beautiful kids. So I'm not upset that he you know took a sweet offer from AEW. It's a it's a lighter schedule, and B he gets to be with his best friend. And I think that's probably the best way to go out. You know, I'm not sure of the uh, the terms of the contract. I don't want to know. I just want to really see what he can offer, you know, for a very young company. I think having a veteran like Edge, who has a brilliant mind for the business, can really, really help out tremendously. And I think that's one of the things that I think AEW really needs is a veteran, not to say that they don't have it, but I think they need more of, and I'm glad, you know, guys like Jericho and Moxley are there, you know, Brian Danielson's there, but then when you bring a guy like Edge, 
who has been there and done it, who has been the guy in WWE once upon a time, you know, multiple world championships, you know, the list goes on and on. And what he was able to accomplish in his career, I think, you know, A, the, the potential matchups, you know, with guys in AEW. I mean, look, you got guys like Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? That You think that doesn't intrigue me? It, it intrigues me to the max. I will speak of the max. Hey, Edge and MJF. You know what I mean? Edge and, I mean, there's so many young guys I think that could benefit being in the ring with Edge that... I think this can really benefit the company in the long run. And I just hope that people, fans really, really appreciate, you know, what um, Edge is able to do. Here's the thing. I didn't watch Wrestle Dream. Um, I actually was spending the weekend with my girlfriend. Actually, I was actually spending the weekend with her. In addition to me watching the Patriots, again, get get obliterated. But... I didn't watch Wrestle Dream, but I was watching, I was following it, you know, on the X app, you know, formerly known as Twitter. So when I saw where Edge debuted, I wanted to take a look at the, you know, took a look at some of the clips. And I saw where um, Nick Wayne had turned on Darby Allen and, and um, sided with Christian, which I thought was brilliant because now it, it gives the, that story a little bit more depth. It gives that story some um, more layers to, to, to get into, you know what I mean? And they sh- the lights went. I think they were going to beat up uh, Darby, and they were going to beat up Sting. And the lights go out, and it just says um, the, on the screen. It says our feature presentation. Our, our fe- I think our feature presentation, almost like a movie. Um, like I guess like a movie uh, clip or something like that. And they showed a guy in a leather jacket um, hopping into a uh, car and driving. You know, down these roads, down these roads. And he gets out of the car. And you hear the familiar, you think you know me, and the metalingus by Alter Bridge, and the fans go crazy. And kudos to uh, Tony, kudos to Mikey Ruckus for um, who, who does the music for AEW. Obviously, formatting the song, metalingus, and getting the new vocal, you think you know me, because the one that Edge had been using in WWE, it, the sample, you think you know me, is owned by WWE, so they had to get another um i guess another vocal in there for the you think you know me thing but they did his same entrance you know running from side to side on the ramp does the pose pyro goes up fans go crazy so i think it's cool that you know he they were able to keep his you know his presentation the same you know obviously he can't use the name edge you know because that name is an intellectual property of world wrestling entertainment so he's just going to use his name adam copeland but the rated r superstar adam copeland which i think is cool you know what i mean it's again it's another layer to his personality really you know getting to use his real name and i think that's awesome you know but for people to get upset about the fact that edge signed with AEW, I think it's a bit sad because, and this is going to lean into my topic that I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to get to it in just a second, but I just don't think that, you know, when, when a wrestler decides that he or she wants to do something with their career, you know, that's up to them. It shouldn't be, we sure, we would love to see them in, in, in said company or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still pro wrestling. Just a different acronym, like like he said in his um in his post that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read 
in this um in this episode, but it's insane on how many fans were truly, truly upset at the fact that he went to AEW. Now, what I have is what he uh, wrote in his um, first post, you know, since going to AEW on Sunday. And obviously, had the graphic rated R superstar Adam Copeland is all elite. And here he is. And I quote, he said, as some of you may now know, I'm no longer with WWE. My new home is AEW. I'm excited. Whole new roster. Some familiar faces that I wanted to work with again in a whole set of first ever matches. New challenges. And if you follow my career, you know that's what I've always been driven by. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities, and through hard work on both ends, I've been supplied with a wonderful life. Hell, WWE helped me meet the woman I start my family with. Some relationships just grow apart, and I feel the WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that. And that's okay. I'll still be watching and still be supporting all of my friends there. I don't buy into this odd mentality of one company or the other. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine. It's wrestling. An amazing gig. But still, it's wrestling. Relax. It's supposed to be fun. And it's just a segment of the fans, not most fans, and definitely not the performers. Within the industry, we all know that more choice is better for everyone and pushes us all to be better. As a wrestling fan, which I still am, it's exciting that there's viable companies providing wrestling on national and worldwide platforms. If you're really a fan of wrestling and not acronyms, that should make you happy too. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. If you've appreciated my work, you still can no matter what the initials are, because I'll still be busting my ass every time I'm out there. This ride isn't over just yet. Just try to have fun like it should be, because trust me, I'll be having fun every time I'm out there in an AEW ring. Let's go. That was from uh, Adam Copeland's uh, social media that he posted the other day, you know, just after signing with All Elite Wrestling. And he made a valid, valid point when it talked about, again, it's not the majority, but it is a segment of fans that, and that's where I'm now going to lead into my topic that I wanted to talk about, which is tribalism in pro wrestling. Now, I'm a bit older than a lot of you think. You know, I actually will turn the uh, ripe young age of 45 in a month. So I had the honor and privilege of going, of growing up in the golden age of the golden era of wrestling in the 80s. So when you look at names as uh, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, King Kong Bundy, even underneath guys like uh, Special Delivery Jones, Reno Riggins, I mean, you name it, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, obviously you had superstars like, you know, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes that I watched as a kid. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So I watched not only the WWF, which was, you know, obviously the company that is now known as WWE before the World Wildlife Fund decided to flex their muscles and say you can't use our acronyms anymore. But I was a WWF guy. I was also an NWA guy. I was also an AWA guy and WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling down in Dallas where the world famous Von Eriks were uh, were famous. 
have a problem with people just like fans, especially bickering with each other about you know this company and that company. Why can't we all, as wrestling fans, enjoy what we're what we're experiencing right now? Because I've alluded to it on past um, episodes when I've had wrestling type topics on here. You know, from 2001 to really 2019, there was only truly one game in town. Now, I get it. TNA slash Impact Wrestling was riding the wave as well. But they were, and this is no offense to people that either have worked there in the past or worked there now. I never saw them as a threat to WWE. I just never did. And I appreciated it because of the fact that it gave me an alternative to watch a different product. Let's not forget, when TNA first started, they they, they were a weekly pay-per-view company. So you ordered their pay-per-views once a week where you got to see their, their map. You know, it was like one or two hours. I believe it was two hours every week on pay-per-view. It was $9.99 per episode and before they were able to get a TV deal. So they were innovative in that way. So that's how you were able to get to their, to, get to, their, uh, to watch their shows. Now, obviously, because of the internet... I was, a re- I was able to, if I wasn't able to order that pay-per-view, I would at least read the results of their show. So they didn't have, you know, a billionaire out the gate like Tony Conde with his dad being able to start a wrestling company with all the bells and whistles, the money, the marketing, and the mouthpiece to really be. And, and granted, they said they were going to be an alternative, but when you're entering that stratosphere, you're truly competition to the big dog, which is the WWE, whether you like it or not. The presentation is different in regards to how their matches are structured, the type of matches that they have. Yeah, it's a little bit different in that regard. But at the end of the end of the day, when you're selling out an eighty thousand uh, seat stadium, when you're when you're on network, when you're on uh, cable television on two channels with um, TBS and uh, TNT. When, when you're doing all these things, you're in competition whether you like it or not. So the WWE never really had that type of competition, you know, for almost 20 years. So I think when you look at the the, the modern fan sometimes that may have grown up in the early 2000s up until now, the WWE has been their company. That's all they've known. So when you see a guy like Edge go to... AEW, they may get a little upset about it, but at the end of the day, it's you you really can't get upset. Especially at the end of the day, it's like he's just gonna try to, you know, just wants to just feed his family and, and work and, and try to and, and go to another platform. But it's still a 20 by 20 wrestling ring. It's not like, you know, he went out and buried the company. He was very appreciative of what the WWE offered him. And provided for him the quality of life that he has. And that's cool. So when I talk about tribalism in pro wrestling, when this constant bickering, you know, is going on with wrestling fans over and over and over and over again, it sometimes it gets nauseating where sometimes I have to just, you know, X out of the app because it's just getting ridiculous. As a kid watching, you know, ha- you know, I was a fan of all the promotions. Um, I've, I've often said, you know, I wanted to know more wrestling, you know, with, uh, with, you know, by reading 
you know, the magazines, you know, whether it was, uh, as we say now, the Aptor magazine, shout out to the great uh, Bill Aptor, who was um, the editor, ed- he was, I think he was the editor-in-chief of uh, um, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, um, the, the Wrestler, I believe, and there was a few other independent publications that were out there, and that was our internet back then, where we were able to get to know, you know, a lot of the other wrestlers that were necessary, I guess when you, was, I guess you can call the territories back then still, the territories were winding down, you know, as the 80s were coming to a close, but the territories are still out there. So I was able to understand when wrestlers were going to debut and, you know, obviously WWF or WCW, I knew who they were because I was a bit smart to not so much the inner workers of wrestling guy. Clearly I was not, but just understanding who they were. Like when uh, Terry Taylor debuted in the WWF in, I think, 1988, and he was the uh, the Red Rooster, I knew who he was because he was wrestling in Florida. And, you know, they did articles on him, and I knew, I knew who he was. And and we didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have social media. We didn't have streaming platforms. We didn't have YouTube back then. We just had to just, you know, obviously if you're – if you're living in one side of the country and you don't know what's going on in Pacific Championship Wrestling or whatever the case, Pacific Northwest Wrestling, I'm sorry about that. You know, that's where Scotty the Body, who you know is Raven, wrestled out there at one time. You would have known who any of these people were without those magazines. But now everyone knows who the who who the guys are, especially the hardcore fan, knows who a lot of the guys are on the independents. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of hardworking guys on the independents, which is some of them which I had on this show. Shout out to Jay Bougie, who's going to be going to uh, Europe, touring Europe next year in 2024. That dude is on the rise. That's a dude you guys got to watch out for. He's been on this show before. Check out the archives with uh, my interview with Jay Bougie. You know, shout out to Bobby Buffet, who was also on this show. Again, another guy that's, gonna, that's on the rise. You're going to be hearing a lot from him. Goldie, Brett Waters, you name it. The list goes on and on. So I just, for the life of me, I'm just not understanding when you have all this access to pro wrestling at your fingertips, why are we upset? And if you're a wrestling fan, and if, you, if you're listening to this episode, you could tweet me at, um, at the real DT Lou. And give us and give us your reason whether you whether you're you love all the all all the wrestling companies, including the ones on the indies, or if you're just pro WWE or you're pro AEW or anti one of those companies or whatever. Explain to me what makes you so angry about said company. Again, you don't have to watch it, but you don't have to go out there and bury another wrestling fan for liking said product. I check in MLW because I have I have a friend at work. I have a couple friends that work there. Impact. I know people that work there. You know what I mean? I'm gonna say. I guess I'm. I don't want to say I'm biased to wrestling because, granted, I'm now in the wrestling business. But first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan before I was even thinking about getting into the wrestling business. So, I just hope that maybe with Edge going to AEW, and again, I know it riled up people a little bit, but I'm just hoping. That maybe this can kind of dwindle this tribalism down just a notch. But then again, next Tuesday, it was just announced that since uh, I think it's because of the um, the postseason with Major League Baseball that um, 
Dynamite's going to actually be on Tuesday. It is going to come on at the same time as NXT. And it was announced that Edge is going to be wrestling Luchasaurus next week on AEW Dynamite. And what does the WWE do? Oh, they stack the deck. Carmelo Hayes is going to have John Cena with him. Oscar's going to be wrestling. I mean, they're really stacking the deck on, you know, on the WWE side regarding NXT. And again, once upon a time, everyone thought that NXT was a developmental brand. So I get it. It's going to be the war. You know, everyone thinking this, oh, this, here's the, the, the if you want to call it the Tuesday night war, I guess. I don't know. But everyone's asking, what are you going to watch? I think Gabby, shout out to Gabby, who's been on this show a couple of times um, talking wrestling with me. She texted me this morning. She said, which one are you going to watch? I said, I'm going to watch both at the same time. Because, you know, back in the late 1900s, you know, us uh, Gen Xers and um, some millennials actually channel surfed between TNT and USA when we were watching Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro, WCW. So now in the uh, world of technology that we live in, yours truly I'm going to have my television on TBS watching Dynamite, and I'm going to have my smart device, whichever one it is, whether it's my phone or my iPad, will be on USA watching NXT. I'm going to be paying attention to both brands, and then, of course, I'm going to more than likely watch NXT on the rebound. I'll watch that again in the event of being I'm watching it on a smaller device, but I'm going to show it some love, too, so... You know, it's a way to do it. You know what I mean? And I just, I just uh, wish that fan, I wish wrestling fans can kind of get back to where it was to over twenty five years ago, where we all imp- we all embrace and appreciate it pro wrestling as a whole. Because I don't want it to be where it's only one company again. That would mean it, it will only be one product, and it'll be. Not many places to work for wrestlers to work, and that's the one thing I want to. I also want to harp on too, appreciating the fact that there's multiple companies for many talents, whether it's the wrestlers themselves, ring announcers, referees, commentators, you know, production people, you know, agents, you name it, to have employment. Like people, I don't think people realize that because people want to. Wish upon companies to close. You know, I've heard so many times people say, oh, here's the rise and fall of AEW. No, no, no. Um, Warner Discovery is giving AEW money. Like, they're really handing them money. Say, hey, here you go. Versus where it once was, where the uh, AOL Time Warner that was obviously owning WCW didn't want anything to do with pro wrestling. So this really goes to show you that, you know, AEW's not going anywhere. Impact Wrestling's not going anywhere. MLW's not going anywhere. Ring of Honor under the AEW umbrella is not going anywhere. New Japan is not going anywhere. So let's all just embrace pro wrestling. We love the sport. We love we, we love our superstars. We love seeing our heroes and our, and our villains on TV every week. We want to boo, you know, our bad guys. We want to cheer our good guys. Or if you're a, if you're if you're a smart mark, of course you're gonna root for your heel because that's what that's what they do. <laughs> just uh just kidding out there. But all in all, you know, like I said, I'm very, very proud of how far wrestling has come, how much 
it's been ingratiated in pop culture mode more than ever. I mean, with the signing of, of Jay Cargill, I saw there's a there's a I, I don't know how true it is about a rumor of Megan Thee Stallion doing her theme song. That would be huge if that goes down. Imagine Megan Thee Stallion singing Jay Cargill to the ring at next year's WrestleMania in Philly. I'm just saying. Just saying. You know what I mean? I mean, me personally, next year, I would love to see Meek Mill um, do Dreams and Nightmares before Cody Rhodes comes out next year. That's just my, uh, my own personal taste, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're not going to talk about that right now. But, you know, like I said, I'm really proud of where wrestling is now and where it's headed, man. And like I said, if if, if fans can just just put your, your differences aside, put your... You know, I want to say ego. I guess I could say egos aside, and just just enjoy what we have right now. Enjoy, you know, the fact that there's so much content out there now, and like I said, and the fact that we can watch independent wrestling, you know, on IWTV and 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 a Premier Network. Shout out to those two platforms. Obviously, Fight Network. You know what I mean? You know, shout out to them too. You know, there's tons of t- content out there. You know what I mean? So instead of tearing each other apart, instead of you know you know, ripping each other because we like, you know, one company or the other. Oh, man, just don't say anything at all or just embrace each other. That's it. Well, before I get out of here, again, I want you, I want to remind you all, you know, to uh, hit me up on my social media, you know, with the exception of Facebook, which is uh, Derek uh, T. Lewis official page, you can hit up all of my social media at the real D. T. Lou. The real DT Lou, that is my uh, handle for m- all of my social media, with the with the exception of Facebook. You know, my my uh, my new single, Espacion, is doing really really well. Um, spinning right now on 99.7 to Heat Miami. Shout out the radio pushes for that. You can uh, stream the song on several platforms as well as the music video. You can see it on the Vivo app, whether you have Roku, Apple TV, or any smart TV that, that you can uh, you can have. You know, uh, Vivo is on there. You know, as well as YouTube, my T-shirt store, my T-shirt slash hoodie store, uh, shop.derrytlewis.com. For the month of October, for the month of October, I am going to be selling a T-shirt at my Every Second Make Account Breast Cancer Awareness T-shirt and hoodie. Okay, you can go on to shop.derrytlewis.com and proceeds that I earn from sales from those two items. They're going to be donated to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. You can look them up on on their website, obviously, on their social media. I actually tagged them in my post on um, Instagram earlier today, and you can check it out. And like I said, you can get the Every Second Make Account Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie or T-shirt, whichever one you want to get. It is chilly, you know, it's going to be chilly soon, so you can get yourself a nice hoodie. The hoodies are really, really good quality, made by. Um, Beyond the Collar and the parent company of uh, One Hour Tees out in Chicago. So huge shout out to them for um, providing me with an online store where people can actually buy my merch. So by all means, it's definitely for a worthy cause. So make sure you, you hit up the store and you can uh, get a nice tee and a nice hoodie, like I said, for um, off charity. Well, again, with this, with this uh, podcast, again, Whichever um, platform that you're listening to it on, you know, hit subscribe, okay? Hit subscribe, and you'll be able to get new content every time. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give me a stop, five star review. Do me a favor, five star review. Give me honest opinion of the show. Give me five stars. 
<laughs> well, I'm going to get out of here. And um, like I said, like I always say, no matter what it is you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.